American half pounder, two pure beef patties, lettuce, tomatoes, or This is Rock and Roll Radio. Come on, let's rock and roll with the remote. College Radio Day presents College Radio. It's past, present, and future. Hi, my name is Peter Creighton, and I'm the station general manager of WXAV 88.3 FM in Chicago. And you're listening to part two of a three-part series on college radio. For many people, college radio has been their alternative to commercial radio for many years. College radio has a better product to offer that isn't brainwashed yet or isn't corrupted. It's still clean. It's still new. It's just purely for art. I've discovered countless bands and artists by working at a college station and listening to college stations. A college radio station is kind of like a diamond in the rough. The more I listen to college radio and the more I I realize that some of the best DJs are just the ones that come in and they're just college students. Currently, college radio is kind of in a flux. There's been some positives and some negatives. First, the positives. With the advent of new digital technology and social networking sites such as Facebook and Twitter, college radio has been able to reach an audience that they would not have been able to reach with just their traditional broadcast antennas. Danielle Bosky, WLUW 88.7 FM, Chicago. I am the general manager. With more and more stations building apps for themselves, I think you'll see that college radio and really any other media where new media comes along has adapted pretty well so that we can take advantage of all this new technology. John Modormo, assistant professor of broadcast communication and general manager of WONC. It has made it, uh, I think, more convenient for listeners. It's easier for us. There's less telephone work for our our student DJs because a lot of the requests, almost all of them now, are coming in uh, from the computer. We take uh, requests from listeners from Facebook. We still take them from IM, and we take them from Twitter. And so that way people are able to get to us uh, in a more convenient means than it would have been before. So if somebody, you know, uh, is, is listening at work and isn't supposed to be calling radio stations, uh, they have the, the computer available for them to do that. College Radio has also continued the tradition of playing the next big thing before it hits. As Lund mentioned in Part 1, College Radio was the first to play U2 and R.E.M. In the 2000s, College Radio was the first to play The Arcade Fire, The Shins, Go. And the Libertines. Danielle Bosky. College radio is a genre of format that belongs on the tuner alongside all your other basic radio offerings. What's great about radio, and this is any radio station except the automatic no no DJ Jack FM type stations, but the great thing about radio is the idea of having a live human DJ feed you the latest and greatest and set it up in a way that leaves you wanting more of it. Radio is all about discovery. And sure, you'll be able to discover some new stuff at the iTunes Music Store or using Pandora's Music Genome Project, but you won't have that personal experience, that one-on-one interaction you feel when you listen to a talented DJ act as a tastemaker for your eardrum. Now, unfortunately, the negatives. An alarming trend has begun to appear over the last few years. A number of colleges and universities have begun to sell off their FCC licenses and abandon the creative outlet of college radio. Nobody had any idea it was coming. It was done in total secrecy. 
Some recent cases of college radio stations being sold include KTRU and WRVU. Joey Yang from KTRU explains how his radio station was sold in secret. Well, the university had, um, for for a while, in in total secrecy, planned the sale uh, the sale of our radio station, uh, the sale of our frequency and of our SEC license. So we actually found out about it through a through a newspaper, sort of late at night. You know, no one had really any idea it was coming. And uh, from there, we we launched this effort to to rally the community, rally our DJs, our supporters. Basically, at the end of the day, what we didn't see coming was was the fact that the university valued you know valued a little bit of cash more than what we were bringing to the airways and what we were bringing to the university and, and decided to, you know, go ahead really without consulting the community. John Madormo. I think one of the reasons that we're seeing colleges sell these very valuable frequencies is, number one, because they are realizing exactly what the value is, that there are some commercial entities out there willing to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for these. And I'm, I'm sure that there are probably a lot of advisors in my position that want to keep that information as far away from, from our president and board of trustees as possible because you don't want anyone even thinking about that being an option to bring in revenue. So the value of the station finally has been realized, and suddenly I think you have some schools that are caught up in, in this kind of economic downturn looking for ways of bringing in revenue and then saying, you know what, the kids still have an opportunity to get on the air. We'll allow them to webcast. But it's a completely different animal. You know, until you have Internet radio in vehicles on a regular basis, then I think they're being sold short here. Danielle Bosky. With the sale, sales of KTRUE, KUSF, WRVU, and a couple others, it's really bothersome and downright scary. And I'm not sure if it's just a result of living in a recessional economy or because universities really no longer care about college radio as a creative resource for their students. But I know that I and countless others that are champions of college radio aren't very happy about it. College radio is currently at a crossroads. On one side, we have the limitless possibilities of digital technology. On the other side, colleges and universities selling their FCC licenses and leaving their students without a creative outlet to express themselves. Coming up next in the third and final part of College Radio, its past, present, and future, Dr. Rob Quick of WPSC 88.7 in Wayne, New Jersey, and founder of College Radio Day, will explore the future of College Radio. I'm Peter Creighton, and thank you so much for listening.